come sweeping down the plain and the waving wheat can sure smell sweet when the wind comes right behind the rain Well, that's a classic, and maybe maybe you know, maybe you don't. That's the musical stylings of our next guest, uh, Toby Rowland, the voice of the Oklahoma Sooners. He appears at the uh, Summer Music Festival in Kingfisher, Oklahoma, every summer. So he does uh, football, basketball, baseball, and then just uh, you know belts out Oklahoma the rest of the summer. And we're pleased and honored to have the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland, with us. Yeah. Welcome to you. It's great to be with you. Uh, I hope my uncles Rogers and Hammerstein are listening to this interview right now. And uh, what a treat. You're the best, J-Mo. What a treat to have you on, man. It is great to talk to you and looking forward to coming your way. Uh, how's construction on I-35? Can you give me a heads up? Terrible. Ah, thanks. Oh, terrible. <laughs> I, I have no idea, but I feel confident uh-huh. with that answer that it's going to be terrible. Right. So you surprise me if it's not tomorrow. I haven't been... We've, we've uh, had, I guess, three road games in uh, Big 12 play so far, and none of them have required me to drive south on <laughs> I-35. So best of luck. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll give you a report when we get there tomorrow, whenever that might be. Hey, great to visit with you. Um, tell us about, tell us, uh, me and our listeners, about Grant Sherfield. Uh, man, I keep seeing highlights and seeing his name and seeing the stats. Looks like he's come in and is just playing great for you guys. Yeah, young man from uh, the DFW area who started his career at Wichita State and then went up to Nevada and was the uh, newcomer of the year in that conference and has found his way here to Oklahoma for what will probably be his final season. Uh, He's a guard. He's a point guard, although he will play off the ball a significant amount because Milos Yuzan, also a point guard, starts alongside him. But dynamic score, uh, certainly yeah, has gone for 20-plus points eight times this year, uh, capable of shooting the three, uh, good really at all three levels offensively. He can get to the rim. He's got a very good uh, mid-range jump shot, uh, gets to the line a lot. So he's smooth. You know, he's not uh, tremendously athletic necessarily, but he's really smooth uh, and at 6'2", has done a pretty good job figuring out how to get his shot off even when he's got some bigger guys on him, you'll see him jump backwards a lot when he takes that mid-range jumper or even the three-point shot. But they need him to play well. He's really the most explosive scorer that Oklahoma's got. So if they're going to win tomorrow, and really it'll be the case in every Big 12 game, they're going to need Sherfield to have a good game to have a chance. What's the common theme, if there is one, in a 2-4 and four conference record for Oklahoma so far? Well, five of the six games have gone to the final possession. Uh, Two of those they won, three they didn't. One of those went to overtime, so beyond the final possession, which sounds a lot like pretty much every Big 12 game across the board. I mean, they've been close. The only one that didn't was the last one. Uh, They got beat up pretty good by Oklahoma State on Wednesday night up in Stillwater. So they've all been close. I think they have um, struggled – down the stretch of games to get big stops. They had a double-digit second-half lead in Lawrence and couldn't get stops late. Now, that happens to teams, uh, but that was disappointing. 
they had a lead over Texas and couldn't get stops late, and that one got away in Norman. They had a, a double-digit lead over West Virginia late and held on by one, but that one almost got away. So I would say the common theme or maybe the most concerning thing so far has been late-game defense. And uh, some of that I think you just – well, I'd put Iowa State in that category too. That was another game where Caleb Grill hit the big three late yeah, to beat him. right. Some of that you got to give credit to your opponent for being clutch and hitting big shots. But when it keeps happening over and over, I think it's – and you keep playing such close games, you look at it and say, man, they are – two or three stops away from being five and one instead of two and four right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's not a stretch at all. I remember watching, turning on the Kansas-Oklahoma uh, game uh, 10 days ago, and you guys were up by 10 or 11, I think, in the second half. And I thought, oh, this would be big. And I thought, oh, wait a second, the game's in Lawrence. All right, don't get too excited. <laughs> so, and, and sure enough, ended up being a four-point win for the Jayhawks. <laughs> Yeah, the the uh, birds took thirty one second half free throws that day. Oh, so thirty one to happen. Yeah, that tends to happen when we're up there. Yeah, man, oh man. And congratulations to you. Uh, Oklahoma has the toughest remaining schedule of anybody in the yeah. country. Uh, but you know that's like that's life in the Big Twelve, especially this year, isn't it? Yeah, that I think that just rotates uh, from game to game, <laughs> right? Ten conference teams as to who it is, but. Uh, they got their work cut out for them. You know, they are squarely on Joe Lenardi's bubble for what that's worth and have been for a couple of weeks. And, I, you know, the talk on my show and around here is that 7-11 and 11 wasn't good enough last year. Mm. That's what they went in the conference last year. So they, they need to get to eight. You need to get to eight conference. Yeah, you want to do better than that. Don't get me wrong. Right. You never catch Porter Moser saying that. But just as far as what do they got to do to get back to the tournament? Cause it's been a couple of years since they've been in the dance and the feeling is they got to get to eight, which is six more wins. Uh, you know, that's half of them. You got to win half of the yeah. rest of them. And that's hard. That's hard in this league. So, uh, We'll see if they can. You can't afford to give up home games, so that makes tomorrow very important. Yeah, big game tomorrow. Uh, we have a whiteout going on tomorrow. Is that right? We do. Yeah, everybody's been encouraged to wear white tomorrow. Lovely. I think I saw you You guys are doing. <laughs> on Sun, on Monday, yeah. So, yeah, Monday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. I don't know that we've done that before, so we'll see if our fans got the message or not. <laughs> I got you. Uh, boots optional tomorrow. Uh, speaking of your show, so uh, a whiteout uh, boots, no, boots if you are mandatory. No boots no, optional. Boots are mandatory. Yes. <laughs> the Groves brothers are still there. How are those guys uh, kicking it right now? You know, Jacobs had a really nice year. Uh, the younger Groves brother, uh, he's had the biggest game of anybody this year. He had a twenty-six point game against Central Arkansas this season. He has shot the three ball very well, over 40% behind the arc, and has been a much bigger part of the plans this year than he was last year. I would say Tanner's year has been more up and down. Uh, probably even he would tell you a little bit disappointing. I went into this year thinking his final year, maybe he could be a first-team all-conference type guy. He's not on track for that right now. He's had some double-double games where he's been a big factor. Then he's had several games where he scored, you know, four, six points, something like that, and not been much of a factor at all. He seems to be in constant foul trouble. Uh, he's one of those guys that when he walks into the gym, the 
referees don't like the looks of him, and he's always got four or five fouls. <laughs> so um, it's it's been pretty up and down for Tanner. He, had, he has not shot the three-pointer as well as he did a year ago. Well, we don't want to get into free throw shooting contests with you guys. Uh, I, it looks like 79% as a team in Big 12 play. Uh, but it, it, if I remember right, I mean, you guys are always good at the free throw line. What is that? Um, coincidence, probably. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think, you know, Lon Kruger was, you know, that was always an emphasis of his teams, and certainly it is a Porter as well, but I don't know that it is more than anybody else. They've, i tell you what it is. I mean, they've got really good free throw shooters who are the guys that are going to have the ball in their hands, there you, go. you know, the most. Right. So Grant Sherfield, Milo Shuzan, even Jalen Hill, who has not been, he's been about a 60% foul shooter his whole career. He's number two in the conference this year at, at 88%. So it's been a good year in that regard so far. How is uh, Coach um, um, <laughs> drawing a blank? You just said Moser. him. Uh, yeah, no, not yeah. Moser going out to Las Vegas. Oh, Lon Kruger. Yeah, Lon Kruger, Coach Kruger. Is he kind of volunteering out there, or what's he doing? His, you know, Kevin, his son, is the head coach right. of UNLV now. Right. And so he, when he retired, he moved back to Vegas. He, he never sold his house in Vegas uh. from when he, came, you know, when he came to coach at OU. He had two houses. He still does. He's still got his house in Norman. Uh. And he's around here quite a bit. He's got horses here and stuff. But he lives most of the time in Vegas. That's because that's where the grandkids are. So he and his wife are, are helping take care of the grandkids. And Lon will go to a lot of practices and a lot of games. And he always says, and I believe it, that he does not give any advice unless it's asked for. There you go. Sure. But I'm sure, you know, you'd be a little crazy not to ask Lon Kruger for some advice if he's hanging around your practice. So I think he's, yeah, volunteer assistant is probably a pretty good word for him. I got you. Well, very similar to, I can promise you, there are some late night phone calls uh, between Scott Drew and Homer Drew and Bryce Drew. So very, very similar to that, I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah, cool. All right, uh, we will see you tomorrow. I'll give you a traffic report when we get there. Boots optional. Uh, Don't wear white. I think I'm ready to go and uh, look forward to seeing you there tomorrow. You got all the instructions. Thanks, J-Mo. I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Thank you, man. I appreciate your time. Toby Rowland, the great voice of the Oklahoma Sooners. He and Kevin Henry do the broadcast. Now, if Kevin Henry wears boots tomorrow, that I would like to see. I will uh, take a picture of that and uh, post that. So, great to look forward to seeing those guys. Baylor, Oklahoma tomorrow. We're on the air at 2.30. Tip off at 3 right here on ESPN Central Texas. Television is on ESPN2 tomorrow. Bears have won uh, back-to-back road games. Aaron, uh, nobody else in the league is winning road games right now. There was one stretch where road teams won nine straight in the Big 12. Uh, and I think since then, the Big 12 is 13-2, and home teams 13-2. and And the only two road wins were Baylor at West Virginia and Baylor at Texas Tech. That's pretty impressive, and Coach Drew talks about that a lot especially Huge. after those wins, yeah. how hard it is to win on the road in the Big 12, and that's not just lip service. You can, It's obvious from the stats you just gave. Yeah, 13-2, and two, the home teams in the last 15, and those two are Baylor wins. Yeah, very hard to do. And uh, like Toby said, uh, for OU, you don't want to give up any, any home opportunities, give up any losses on your home floor.